0: I gave her some more milk and a quarter of a muffin, like Cindy Lou Who. Pat her on the head and sent her to bed.
1: I heard that. What you farted?
0: No, I didn't fart. <laughs> right.
1: I swear. Stop this! Hold on. Okay. See, that's
0: not my was... butt.
1: Yes, what was that?
0: I don't know. I was scooting my.
1: Well, I can't. Yeah
0: caught you i was scooting my stuff around
1: caught you in the act
0: Wait, wait. I'm t- <laughs> you know it's like when you're sitting on something leather and it makes that farty sound and you're like i have to move that way again so that everyone knows it was the seat i swear it wasn't me
1: everyone knows on leather that it's probably the couch you could probably get away with farting on leather uh, and right. say oh no it was the couch and people would yeah okay and you say
0: yeah this couch stinks
1: now, when I farted in my sleep before, uh, sleeping next to a person, I try to somehow, one, they probably didn't even hear it because the other person's asleep, but I, maybe mm-hmm. there's times. And uh, I try to pass it off as like, you know, somehow my skin rubbed against the sheets and made that sound, but it's not real. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even exist. And I try to recreate the sound with the sheets and I can never do it because again, mm-hmm. that's not real. It doesn't exist that noise <laughs> rubbing on sheets
0: that was me uh my that was my my elbow scooting across clean sheets
1: i uh when i was dating someone once when they said that they heard me fart in my sleep i guess i was asleep and i didn't wake me up. a lot of times it jolts <laughs> me awake yeah. <laughs> and then I got defensive. I was like, oh, yeah, well, one night you farted and the sheet flew. You were sleeping on your stomach and the sheet flew up to the ceiling.
0: That's what you said? <laughs> yes. When was this?
1: I don't know. Not, not when I was a child, which is. yeah.
0: <laughs> Yikes.
1: Yeah. Well, there was a, I saw one time we were in bed and you farted and it shot the sheet up.
0: Yeah, one time your fart started a fire that I had to put out. You didn't even wake up for it, and I put it out, and I was the hero, but I didn't tell you about it.
1: (laughs) Should have been broken up with on the spot as soon as that happened. My stomach hurts, speaking of farting.
0: (laughs) Do you need to fart? There was. That was my mic.
1: Nope. Stand. Nope. That was you. You did it again.
0: No. I'm not farting.
1: Anyway, all that ice cream that I bought. Today. oh
0: how much have you eaten too much what do you think like a third of it
1: i bought a box of chocolate eclair ice cream bars i bought uh turkey hill ice cream which is what
0: what what flavor?
1: not a half gallon anymore uh by the time i got there it was picked over because it was on sale so the neapolitan was left which i enjoy oh. it's not a first choice but uh, i never
0: purchased neapolitan
1: i i like it yeah yeah when I, when that's still left i don't feel disappointed And then I bought this fancy cool house ice cream.
0: Is it H A U S E house?
1: No, no, no E. Just H A U S. I can't spell. Cool house. It's run by women on them. It says right there on the pint. I don't what is that? I support women run business. What? That's what I
0: support women run business. I love women. Also, but this is you know, a thing. This is a thing that's a marketing. Business.
1: This is marketing now. It's like, you tell everyone you support a, a woman run business. <laughs> Why
0: can't you say that?
1: Because it doesn't, it's not natural.
0: Oh, you're right. Just like women running a business.
1: No, my the, the point with this is.
0: Uh-huh. I know what your point is.
1: My point is, okay, great. Good for you. I'm happy that you can do that. I never would think one way or the other. Yeah. I wouldn't buy something because it was run by women. Like,
0: oh, this ice cream looks good. Wait a minute. Women run this I'm
1: business? I'm out. I'm out. Give me that crappy old air infused gallon tub ice cream that a man created. Yeah.
0: Men know how to make ice cream. You think that um, Bluebell has women oh, well, making no. the ice cream? As
1: a Southern ice cream? No way. They're not allowed. Women
0: stick to the udders.
1: No, they're not even allowed that close.
0: You don't think they're out there? They're milkmaids. They're like milking the cows.
1: No, not at this, not on this level.
0: Oh, you're right. You know why? Because they're out in the field, maybe like in a barn milking a cow, but men have to run the machines that suck the milk out of the cows.
1: Yeah. When the cows get scared and they defecate and pee all over the place, then the women come in and clean it up. Homemade ice cream.
0: I remember our old country home. Clean, fresh air and the flowers growing in the field. It gets too low here. Along the path beside our swimming hole.
1: Swimming hole. Where you get leeches and an amoeba that eats your brain.
0: That was such a simpler time and place. Have yourself say Bluebell Country Day.
1: Women not allowed.
0: Do you remember the other Bluebell... Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> I can't remember how that one went though.
1: Homemade ice cream. Homemade ice cream. What a perfect way to say. Have yourself a bluebell country day.
0: Swim and halt. Ho- my my joke with that was oh with that jingle was um, mama hollering through the screen. Y'all kids get in the fucking house.
1: <laughs> I think you told that joke uh, already before on uh, that infamous episode.
0: What infamous episode?
1: You know the one. I'm not going to point it out, but it was an infamous episode. Now infamous.
0: Yeah, that one. People don't know, but me and Greg know. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher.
1: My name is Greg Russ. I am setting this week's topic. I realized I did this thing. Sorry, I paused. Every time <laughs> I say my name, I don't really like saying my own name. I don't like introducing myself for some reason. Okay. And I do this thing where I like put my arms up over my head and kind of stretch them out.
0: Okay. I don't know
1: what that's offsetting. It's just it's like making a, you
0: feel more comfortable yeah, saying your own name.
1: It's like releasing an anxiety of having to say my own name that huh. makes zero sense to have in the first place. But I paused because when I was doing it, I realized every time we start the show, that is how I start the show. If we had a visual component to this show and I said, I am Greg Russ, my arms would be going up over my head and I would be stretching them.
0: It's the same thing that I do at the end of the show where I'm like, like and subscribe.
1: You get wrapped up, though, I think, in feeling too uh, sales pitchy Mm -hmm. and you don't like that. No. No. And you just have to go with it, and they're like, ah, well, I got to make a joke, but there's not a good joke to make, so I'm going to shoehorn a joke in, and blah, and it falls apart."
0: <laughs> I don't have a joke, so I'll just make a weird vibe.
1: At that point, it's like the ice cream falling off the ice cream cone, smashing on the sidewalk. Mm. That's what happens <laughs> at you the end. Of, at you the know end. what it is? You noted it.
0: It's it's uh, Ashley Simpson on SNL, like messing up during her her performance, and she she does that weird jig. It's like, all right.
1: Got to do something. making things worse. Yeah. Every episode ends with an ice cream splat. Anyway, my week to pick the topic, and I am setting this week's topic to be expectations. Uh, I don't think we've done a show on expectations. Maybe I should have looked. I I feel as though some themes will be similar to previous shows, but there hasn't been a show called Expectations. Uh, And this, you know, it's a wide topic. The reason that I wanted to use it for tonight was because you were telling me about someone whose child is having a birthday during this time of COVID. Mm -hmm. And kids can't have birthdays, right? They can't have their birthdays, but they can't have gatherings with their friends.
0: Right. They can't have a birthday party.
1: Which is probably disappointing for a young child, especially when the child is old enough to remember past birthday parties where they did have a gathering of friends. And you need to explain to them that this year is different. You told me, though, that uh, this one person is having a birthday parade. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Okay, uh,
0: so I I didn't say the word parade.
1: You said parade. You want me to go back and find the text message?
0: Yeah, go for it. You said parade.
1: No, you said the person is having a birthday parade. And now you need to stall so I can go find this since we ended up texting God knows how many times today.
0: All you have to do is search for parade. No. Because how many people are you texting about parades?
1: I'm finding it. Here it is. Um Boy oh boy. We are also going to her birthday parade tomorrow <gasps> oh, shit. afternoon. Shit. You said it. Shit. Someone's shit. having a birthday parade for their child because God did
0: I recuse myself.
1: Which Because on, I yes. on on many levels. I am opposed to this idea because you're setting expectations not only for that kid that they're so special that they can't just have a birthday one year where there are no friends who are allowed to come over. You could have a Zoom call or something. You can figure out a way. You said there was another birthday party on Animal Crossing. That's fine. You all gather virtually. That's a cool, nice thing to do. But also, I think about this parade. For this child, and then the other kids who have to go to the parade are then going to expect parades in the future. So it's like setting the standard. It's like going to the grocery store. To me, it's on the same level of grossness as going to a store, a grocery store, a department store, and they put kids' stuffed animals eye level on the bottom shelf right when you walk in or right when you're going to the cash register so the kid sees the thing and then bothers you about it. So this is such selfish behavior on my part because the kid, God forbid, the kid can't have a birthday party where the friends aren't hanging out. They're setting up a parade where they march down a a neighborhood street and people line the streets with balloons and they cheer and there's a float that they probably maybe to, <laughs> a wagon. They pull okay, the kid okay, in. Okay. And then next year, Ellie's going to want your kid. Ellie is going to want a parade. Well, I want a parade.
0: Okay. So it's not exactly what you're thinking. It's not like they walk down the street and everyone claps for them like they are the parade. People just drive by their house. And like beep, beep, beep and like yell and maybe say happy, you know, happy birthday. Ah, you know, it's, it's that. It's How far not, away is
1: this? How far do you have really to go? really
0: far for us. For you to drive totally.
1: by and honk a horn and say,
0: hey, hey. Yeah, but it's worth it because if they were having a party, I would be doing the same thing.
1: If you had this a party. Way I just don't
0: have to get up. I don't get out and I don't go in.
1: If you had a party, you'd be hanging out for quite a while. Which, sure, you just made the point that maybe it's not—that's something you don't want to do—is actually hang out. Well,
0: I do want to do that. I'd much rather hang out than just drive by.
1: So, how far are you driving?
0: Well, uh, it's probably like forty-five minutes.
1: Okay, it's not as bad as I thought. When you said really far, I thought that like feels really far. Two hours, maybe than two hours. No, it's not
0: night. two hours. <laughs> they don't live in Philadelphia.
1: So it sets this idea up for me that expectations are being laid out about. What is to come in like And look, I want to tread lightly. And it did here.
0: happen because I told Ellie about it, you know, and, you know, this person had an animal crossing thing and we're doing the drive by thing. Oh, it's the same um, person.
1: It's the same person. A double, yeah. a doubling So up Ellie on the was birthday. like, why
0: didn't I have that? I was like, oh, because we didn't set that up.
1: <laughs> and also because it's okay if you don't have that.
0: And, you know, with these, with these people who are doing this, I don't see any problem with doing it. Um, I didn't, I, I felt like when Ellie did ask me about it, I thought, man, I guess I did sort of not do something right. You know, maybe, maybe I did. Uh, because
1: Ellie just had her birthday. Yeah. She just week.
0: had her birthday on the 18th. And of May. she
1: had to deal with the same thing where there's the kids can't come over and play.
0: Correct. Um, so, yeah, I thought, oh, maybe I uh, was lazy and I didn't put, you know, effort into her. I birthday. I don't think you were lazy. Year.
1: This is the thing you don't need. But to so pur-
0: that's the expectations part, right? Is that, you know, someone else sets the bar higher and you don't reach that. And so you feel less than. And, and so, so now you have
1: like- your own expectations on this whole thing. You feel that you fell short because you only
0: for a moment, because then I really did think like, well, you know this is the year of COVID and there's nothing. And I personally, you know, maybe Ellie is at, you know, she just turned six. So maybe she is at the age where, you know, she's not turning nine where you can really, uh, really feel that we're not having a party. You know, maybe she's right on that cusp where it's like, it's okay if we don't have a party. Maybe if she were older, she would have been more expressive about like wanting to do certain things. I don't know.
1: Possibly. I mean, that's something that you can try to figure out. I don't know. You know, it doesn't matter in this instance. Even if that point she did want to do more things but couldn't do the things because of COVID, you'd say, you know what, that can't happen this year. Right. And that's okay. And that can't happen. Look, I want to tread lightly because there's all those people who are, you know, the the old hack argument of the participation trophy, Mm -hmm. which I think there's some merit to that. You set these things up for kids that things are easy, and even if you don't do so great, here's a trophy. So the expectations are things you know are always going to be all right. But I also I do understand that they're kids, and <laughs> you know. So some people, when they make that argument, like that fucking uh, trophy that everyone gets for participating, it's creating a, a generation of pansies. Right. And it's like well. I think there's a balance in there. There are kids. They are kids. And maybe, you gotta, should.
0: you know, you got to drown your kids so that they learn how to swim.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that setting up an expectation that the world is such an awful place and it's so difficult, even if it is difficult and yeah. mean at times, it's like you don't need to expose them completely to that. I think you try to balance the two and you set some standard like, you know what? There's going to be people in your life who care about you, and they're going to take care of you, and nice things can happen. But there's also times that things happen and they're out of your control, and you can't always get the thing that you want. And I feel like this is a moment to set that expectation hmm. instead of having a parade with a float, you know, with a, a paper mache wagon being pulled, uh, yeah being pulled down the the suburban street as people line and clap and cheer and hit cowbells and rattle tambourines. Okay. And, and use us party poppers.
0: Uh, Yeah, when it comes to kids, there is something. So people for a while talked about helicopter parenting, you know, like a helicopter mom where, you know, a parent was just this kid's shadow at the playground in case he fell, you know, like instantly there to make sure that they're OK. And blah, 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 blah. instead of just like letting them figure things out <clears throat> and be a more like autonomous human. There's also the lawnmower parent, which which removes every obstacle in the kid's way uh, before they ever have to. So they never have to encounter anything. Um, And my therapist said that it's not about shielding children from hardship, but it's about how you uh, help them through it. That makes them as more successful adults. And I thought that that was really interesting because I think that there is like a biological drive to, you know, protect and sometimes shield your kids. And like you said, where, you know, they they are kids and you want to protect their innocence in a lot of ways. There's there's like a fine line or like a balance that you have to constantly figure out and adjust in real time as to like. How much do I expose them to? What are they too young for? What are they old enough for? You know, am I is is my uh, measure for when they're old enough for something different than someone else's? Am I right? Are they right? Am I wrong? Are they wrong? I don't know. You know, it's 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 a hard it's a hard balance to strike.
1: I think that in, you know, protecting kids that's a very short game if you protect them in the moment because you can make the argument if you set them up as best as you can for life beyond childhood that is protecting them that is getting them ready and giving them the tools needed where they can protect themselves later on in life and you know the whole show is not going to be about expectations set for kids that's no it's yeah that was the catalyst that got me thinking about this um you know and there's a lot of we can use this to relay into this next part, but I do feel like expectations set for kids by parents, uh, not just about, Oh, we'll give you exactly what you want and we'll spoil you. And you set an expectation that the world's great. And then when they don't get things later on in life, they don't know how to handle it.
0: Right. Um, there's
1: that. But I also think so many expectations from the parents are dumped onto kids about what they're supposed to be and society in general is presented, uh, this list of expectations uh, of what is important, what you should be striving for in life. And uh, I find most of it to be highly misplaced. It's the, the expectations to be exceptional in my career, getting money, fame, and education. And it's for the wrong well, yeah. reasons. Like I think that there are certainly people who are motivated and you want to do well for your life and you want to do the best job that you can. So having an expectation to be exceptional based on your own desire, I think that's okay. But the expectation that is set forth is you're going to be better than other people. You Mm -hmm. do these things so you can prove that you are better than other people. And this really, one, I think is gross. Why are no expectations set forth about uh, growing up to be a decent human? (laughs) <laughs> How come that's not something that's really pushed onto kids, onto people in general? It's like you know what, there's an expectation, and I'm not saying that people don't instill this kind of thing, but I do think it's bypassed. Mm-hmm. It's not thought about, not maliciously. I'm not saying it's not valued, but it's not something that's top of the list. I don't feel that. Hey, in some ways, yeah, be a decent human, be self aware. You know, find something that uh, you're into yourself, something that you can get fulfillment out of. Well, that's
0: the definition that's that that depends on people's definition of success.
1: Well, that's the thing. The success is misplaced. Right. I, well, it's not I'm not saying being really good at your job and finding a career you like and trying to be the best. That's not misplaced. I think the reasons, the motivations behind it can be misplaced. I'm doing well, this to prove something to the rest right. of the world that I'm better than them. And also and
0: they're not truly happy.
1: No, I, I don't think that a lot of people actually get what they're looking for out of that. I'm, my pursuit is just to make money. Okay. Are there some people who just make money, make a lot of it and are happy? Probably, but sure. I think there's still an emptiness that comes along with it. But if you happen to make money, if money is there as some kind of proof that you're good at what you do and it was something you were doing for yourself, looking for fulfillment, because here's the thing. I think if you go that route, you're actually also better off for the people around you in your life if you're actually fulfilled. Your expectations are: I want to do as best as I can by me. Then you're better prepared to be what you need to be for the other people in your life. So it's not, you know, when I say although fame, anyone who just strives for straight up fame, I know that's a tough one to <laughs> for me to. <laughs> reconcile I don't know if what the motivations if there are good motivations for anyone who says I just want to be famous I'm like well okay you may be a lost cause but that's also the way that things have been set up especially more so in uh our society with social media it's like now you have access to fame more than you ever did before you at least to have to have a talent or fool people into thinking you had a talent or just be good looking <laughs> which yeah you know plenty of problems there but now, well okay.
0: but but with that it it dilutes the success that come that it that is fame.
1: Yeah, fame is a byproduct. It's like if you did something noteworthy, mm-hmm. you did something great, and then it was out there, and then you got famous from it. That's different than straight up fame. I do think that there's an expectation now that, uh, maybe it's not quite an expectation, but it it's placed on fame as it being. Some measure of success, just being straight up known for doing something on YouTube, (laughs) posting some things on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Well, and those people always have to keep it up, too. So they have to up the ante, you know. So if their channel, you know, starts to go down a bit, uh, people aren't as interested in their content or they run out of things or their life you know, changes in any way, which is part of, you know, the beginning of their success, like on YouTube or something, then they have to go and, you know, up the ante and do something that's maybe like sexual or, um, do something that is maybe, I don't know, against what they started as. And now they're just stuck because this was, this is the only, it's like, um, it's like a professional athlete, you know, like they, they're, they all their only goal was sports in school and so they didn't actually you know learn things and so then they go to college and then you know they skate through some things, whatever they get like you know a hotel management degree or something but they really are just like playing football or something and then they get injured and then what a lot of them go like you know, run used car dealerships. <laughs> they don't have stuff to do.
1: Well, you you know, you bring up sports and I think when there are kids who are playing any sport and it's dominating their life, that's an expectation that was put on by the parent. Yes. The well, now, like, you're going to do... be good at baseball and you're going to be in the major leagues and most people don't make it to the major leagues. It doesn't happen. Some yeah, there's a do. lot
0: yeah. of but most uh, don't. Kids, kids in sports when they do well. The parents, like, it, it doesn't give the kids a chance to change their mind about the sport. You know, even if they continue to do well or if they stop doing well, they have to keep doing well because the parents are like, this is your identity. You know, they they slap an identity on that kid and then the kid can't express themselves in any other way because then it will be disappointing to the family.
1: And what happens to the rest of your being because your identity as you said is i'm the person who plays this you're not getting the things you need right to be because what ultimately will happen is maybe okay let's just look at this the rare instance where the person makes it to the major leagues because people do people get to the professional professional sports some of them actually never even dedicated themselves as much they're just so talented that they can do it yeah. Um, but they're the people that say there's someone in their whole life was that.
0: Look and at it, Tiger Woods.
1: Yeah, that guy is uh I I don't know him. What I could
0: uh, he's socially a weirdo.
1: Yeah, and he was I don't know what was going on and he was cheating constantly on his wife so many yeah. years ago and got caught and got in the car accident. And but it's like there what was- what drives that behavior? There's there's a hole of some sort.
0: It was, I think, honestly, when it's your identity, since you're a toddler, you know, you have nothing else and you don't focus on anything else Yeah, because you just I am just someone who plays golf well. And that is the only thing I can do. There was a story about sitting next to him on a flight that um, uh, it was a really date. Like something happened on the flight where the air mask, uh, the oxygen masks were dropped and like the lights were flashing and people were screaming and praying and crying. And the girl that was sitting next to him you know was freaking out and was like holding on to him uh and before things started to go downhill he was like studying something that re- was related to golf and she thought that that was funny and then yeah things got scary she was freaking out and then once things calmed down and they figured out whatever was wrong with the plane um he just like went back to reading his thing
1: yeah alien <laughs> alien <laughs> no skills outside of that one skill which made him famous and rich and great but the other side of it that I was going to break up most people don't actually get to that point and it, right. it, it doesn't even need to be sports just in general when you're setting expectations that you need to be exceptional in the world in some way and it doesn't play out that way you were setting people up for such disappointment in their own lives um and possibly self-hate because you're like i i'm a failure even if you're not this is something that you know i dealt with myself i feel and i you know these expectations weren't placed on me by my parents i do tend to protect them quite a bit but it you know i would talk about things if there were it, this wasn't anything that was forced on me but in my mind um you know i thought i was good at writing and, and i wanted to get into radio and i thought i was all right at that and Uh, There was expectations that I placed on myself. And when these things don't play out the way that you expect them to, you feel like you're failing. Mm. And then I think a lot of people deal with this as a point in their lives, 30, somewhere between 30 and 40, probably when their lives aren't playing out the way they expected them to. And, you know, it can be difficult. I think there's a real process that people have to go through to come to terms with the fact that what they expected out of their lives isn't coming to light, but it doesn't mean that they're a failure. That's the problem. This is where setting these things, such this high bar so early on that, yeah, I mean, honestly, what's wrong with my life? I have a good life.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost the byproduct of all of the 90s sort of propaganda placed on kids, where it was like, Just do it. And, you know, you can be anything and you're totally unique and no one else is like you. And while some of that is true, it's not all there is, you know, like there are people like you, not exactly like you. You know, um, you can't just do anything. You know, there are some people who can work their whole lives to become an astronaut or something and they just can't do it. Because of who knows, genetics, you know, just natural innate ability. Also,
1: even if you are very qualified, there's only a a small percentage of people that actually get to be astronauts. And you may not just be that good. Like you're very, very good, whatever it is. I don't know the criteria that goes, but you can't
0: just do anything.
1: Well, that's You that, can be
0: anything. You can do that that anything. Like, no, you can't.
1: Individualism <laughs> that's been sold. That was actually, you know, the whole thing with America. It's like the rugged individualism of America, the exceptionalism of America, which right. there is a lot of good in that. Of course. It goes to the extreme. You can be an individual and figure out who you really are. And there are things that set you apart from other people that make you who you are, but it may not catapult you to any of these categories that were previously listed. And that's fine. That's okay. You still get the individualism. But that's, this is where it's misplaced. It's like, that's yeah. not really what people want. They don't want the individual. I, I want to be so my individualism is so recognizable that it throws me into this other realm, the stratosphere. And you look at a lot of the people who actually do get to these places and they're really not that, uh, you know, exceptional in their individualism. What? Some people and, are, but some are like, okay, you are and a product. Those people,
0: I'm sorry. And those people who do reach success when they finally get it, their expectations for what success is, is so off that it doesn't complete them like they think it will. You know what I mean? Like they, they have this hole in them that they think, um, success will fill, you know, that's their expectation. And then once they get there, once they are successful, they see that, no, I'm still just the same person with the same feelings. I'm just, you know, I've succeeded in my field. That doesn't mean that all is well and you'll forever be happy now. you well, know,
1: making this about myself again, which I'm so good at doing. But, I mean, look objectively. Mm-hmm. I do the radio show with Eric and you and Tim. You know, the Von Hessler Doctrine, I'm not on every day, but I'm a part of that and helped get that off the ground. I work for a a big, well-known media company, and I do work there, and I have a bunch of side projects that I do. And, you know, there is something to be said. People from the outside look like, what is wrong with you? Why are you so miserable with this stuff? And the truth is, yeah, I have plenty of things. It's because in my mind, it wasn't successful enough. I wasn't where I needed to be. It should have been more. And, you know, that hole doesn't fill until you actually become okay with yourself and where you are. And, you know, when I wasn't putting enough effort in and I knew that I was underachieving because I was being lazy or I was avoiding, then that's hard to... To fix. It's like meaning you can't fill that hole because you know you could be doing better. But the moment you start to put more effort into something and you are taking to what you have in your life and you're doing that as best as you can and you're actually enjoying that, just because it's not something that's to the extreme in terms of what is considered success, um, you know, there is fulfillment and you become a lot more okay with your life and those expectations that you had previously that that have led you to feel as though you're a failure and a piece of shit start to go away it it starts to dissipate and i think that is where the the key is is just becoming okay with yourself take the expectations that have been thrown on you the self-expectations and get rid of those because ultimately yeah. I think what happens too is people who have kids when their expectations aren't met that's when they force them onto the kids like you're going to fill the holes that I have in my life mm. you're going to do these things I wanted to play guitar and be in a band I sucked I couldn't get it done but you I'm going to here's your first guitar you're three oh you are three. Oh, you do not like it you're not taken to it then you're still going to play keep playing it because you need to live my dream
0: right or I'm going to visibly show you that I'm disappointed that you're not into this.
1: Yeah. What a great parent. Like you're here.
0: But then uh, again, okay. But then again, you know, people who are really good at something like that, you know, maybe they were pushed by their parents. You know what I mean? Like what, where is the line between me pushing someone? Because listen, a kid is not going to sit down at the piano every day after school for piano practice they don't want to do it so when when are you supposed to listen to them and and respect their um their wishes as a separate individual um or when are you supposed to push them and say like no I know better for you.
1: Okay, but you've already... You're going to be
0: happy in your 20s getting drunk with your friends when you can sit down on a piano and you guys all sing along together because you can play.
1: If you can play a bit to entertain your friends when they're drunk, sure, that's fun. But you've already established that if you push them and they become very successful as a piano player, that there's still a good chance that they're not completely fulfilled because this is something that was forced on them. I'm not... Again, there's certainly expectations but i think the expectations are the the kids who sat down and did it because they wanted to and did dedicate themselves to it and most people don't most kids won't do that but that's i don't see what you're getting out of it by forcing them to do it
0: it's because you i'm just i'm just uh, i'm not playing devil's advocate but i guess i'm exploring the different options in different scenarios because i think like mozart's father like beat him when he would make mistakes and stuff (laughs)
1: yeah okay so so Mozart's known as you know one of the the most brilliant composers there is but do you think he had a happy life again we don't know this I don't know maybe he did and uh, certainly applying broad strokes to this whole thing but it's more of an expect or an exploration on my part with Mm -hmm. you know I'm leaning towards an idea of what I think the reality is but I am open to saying that's not completely the case I just I don't
0: Maybe it's not black or white like that. Maybe it can be I can still push a kid to play uh, piano, practice piano every day after school. I can push them to do that because I do know better that one day they will be grateful that that I, I did push them to do that. But at the same time, uh, I, I, I it doesn't have to be a reflection on me that like if they if they push back on on. My pushing them that it it's not it's not that they're disappointing me or that um they have to that they have that I have some expectation that they don't fulfill by doing that. But you're still it setting a be, standard
1: for them. You need to be good at piano. I think No
0: no no no. It doesn't have to be good, but it's important that you practice because if they uh, want to
1: play. If a kid says, I don't want to play piano, why is it important that they practice? Because, because they don't want to do it. It's not that they do don't it. want to
0: play, it's that they don't want to do the work to do it. And doing the work is difficult. Okay. And I think that. Well,
1: that's all right, finish. Giving Sorry.
0: them the expectation that to to um, to um achieve something does take work and that the work is difficult. That's, well, it won't be easy That I agree that with. I, yeah.
1: I agree with that. But I think when you're focusing in this hypothetical on piano if the kid doesn't want to play piano then telling them teaching them that as a lesson that hard work is something in persistence and practice even when you don't want to do it that is an important thing that is that you need to that's an expectation i feel as though is worth setting but it stays kind of at that level. It's like so you figure out what you want to do and what you like. And but when kids you can't that do out, that.
0: They they're little chimpanzees. You then, know what I mean? Like they can't, I don't, you can't explain to them that in the future they're going to be happy that they did this. In the moment, they don't want to do it. So they're gonna they be like, I don't like want to play piano.
1: Then I think you just spend that time and when they're young, teaching them that one lesson, and then at some point, and I get it because there are psychos out there who do push their kids to be so great at something so young. Mm -hmm. That if you start when you're 13, you're already behind the curve. And that in its own right is this wrong thing because, okay, the kids are doing it. I don't know what the motivation is. Uh, A lot of them probably are like, I have to do this. If I don't do it, I'm going to let my parents down uh, or I'm going to be a failure or everything, my identity no longer exists. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have the upper hand, and that's why your kid who decides at thirteen they want to play piano suddenly is at a disadvantage. But I, you know, I think that is okay ultimately because what are the expectations set forth for one's life? And my expectations would be: you do, you figure out who you are, and mm-hmm. then you do the best job at that as possible. Uh it, what, it may not a get parent, you it may not get you on this list of right. money and fame but that is okay. This is the, what I would set. I was like that's fine. Be As a
0: parent, I think you would have to sit down and be honest with your expectations of the kid, right? And and try and sort of tease out what is an expectation that comes from you and from your weird uh, expectations that were put onto you and so therefore you sort of like transfer that into what you expect from the kid and just like regular sort of uh, unemotional uh, expectations that aren't weighted down with some baggage or something. you know what I mean like you'd have to you'd have to really figure that out before you start traumatizing your kids into being successful at piano.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you this. If Ellie grew up to be, and we'll just stick with piano because that's what we're talking about. Okay. Famous, rich from playing the piano, but she was miserable. She hated it. Or she did what she wanted to do, and you instilled some other uh values in her, and she was living a life where she was surrounded by people that uh, she loved and loved her and she was able to engage in those relationships and be present and do the things that she wanted to do. And she had a career and she was doing well. Uh, which out of those two would you prefer? Because I feel like some parents would be like, that's my kid. Look at my famous piano playing kid. And that to them, that actually would be more important. Like that's, I that's- think,
0: I think that parents get lost, you know, your, your, your face is so close to the book that you can't read the words. So I think that when, you're in the middle of something like that. You don't really think about the end result and, and whether, you know, they're going to be happy or not. You just think like, this is what they need to do. And like I said, your your ball of expectations includes a lot of stuff from your own past and what was expected of you. Or what your expectations are of yourself as compared to other parents and what other parents uh, are doing with their kids and how come their kid is able to, whatever you know what I mean? Like it it's this, it's this complicated woven blanket that you have to figure out for yourself.
1: I hear you on that. I think there's too much of a push though for you to prove that you're better than others, even it's if it's nothing, not presented. It's, it's, it yeah. It's not happen. a
0: conscious thing. Like I have to be better, but
1: that's the but way it's, it's It's it's
0: not even like because I don't ever think like I need to be better or I need to be as good as something. But I do. It does make me question my own thoughts or my own ideas of how to handle situations as far as parenting. When I see other kids who are just like walking calmly next to their parents. And then I see my kids as like wild animals that are like being insane. I think oh, I'm not doing something right. They must be doing it right. What am I doing wrong? Instead of just saying like, look, my kids are a little kooky and maybe their kids are too, but right now they're not and I'm just not seeing it. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Is there an expectation you set for kookiness? I think you really like kookiness. Well, that's
0: the thing. I do. So uh, sometimes my brain you know, goes into a darker place where it's like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. I should be more strict with them or I should be sort of teaching them. And then there are other times where I'm like, "If if I did that to my kids, I'd like break their spirit and I'd be bummed that they weren't so kooky. You know, it's like, oh, I broke them. And now they're just these little zombie children that stand next to me and like, okay, mommy. You know, instead of like arguing back with me and fighting me, which I hate in the moment, But in the end, I kind of like their spirit. So something I had, I I used to think about a lot was I took Ellie to a pediatrician when she was like maybe a year or so old. And the pediatric, like when they're little and you take them to the doctor, they just kind of sit there like little lumps. You know, they don't really do anything. You can like do whatever you want and then they'll cry if they don't like it. But when they're a little older, they'll fight you. And so the pediatrician was like examining her and like poking her and everything. And she was fighting her. She's like, Oh good. She's fighting me. I like, I like that. She's fighting me. And you like really it liked means that. something.
1: Huh? And you really liked that. When I that liked was that said. she
0: noticed that. that that made me realize like, Oh, it is good that she's fighting. So
1: let me ask you this though, the spirit, because you're, I love their spirit. I love that they fight with me. And wow. this is something about them that you want them to harness and grow like their spirit is important to me, even if it comes at the detriment of other people's experience. I'm not saying this in the moment, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, isn't that where that ultimately, so you see the kid who's standing there like a zombie being quiet and who knows what's going on and how that uh, parent got their kid to do that. So it could be personality. Yeah, whether too. it's just some the kid kids, is
0: like that, who knows?
1: But it, it may be some, you know, some harsh strictness that, you know, most people wouldn't it agree with. That also got them to that point. So I'm not saying that's right either. Right. But, you know, offsetting that with the, oh, yeah, I love the fight that's in them and Uh the energy. And is that more important? You laughed at my other question about the piano. I don't know why you never answered it about Ellie. If you'd rather be the piano player who's miserable. Oh, because it's
0: ridiculous. No. Are you saying like... (laughs) Do you want your kid to be a piece of shit but really good at piano? Or do you want him to be awesome and but a better person? I, I
1: think that's a valid question because I think some people, even though they would never admit it, would rather the kid be famous and so then they can say this thing.
0: Oh, of course I don't want her to be famous, but, but hate
1: her life. But so this is I mean I presented it as an extreme on purpose, but <laughs> I do think that no, that if she I if she think,
0: ended up being famous for that and hated her life and wanted to quit, I would be very supportive of her quitting.
1: I do think be like that,
0: whatever, we'll figure it out.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. I do think that there's an importance placed on that that some parents uh, maybe wouldn't admit aloud, but they're like, well, you know what? You throw in the misery part. I get that that probably yeah. changes. You know, maybe I ruined my own argument by saying that they're miserable. No,
0: but let's say Ellie grows up to be someone like Taylor Swift. And she just wants to like, I'm sick of it. I hate it. I don't want to do it. I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Quit. Who cares? You got a lot of money, (laughs) you know, let's make sure we got someone in our team. That's, you know, gonna not steal your money, you know, and handle your money and make sure that you're set for like a couple generations after you, like, it's cool. Quit, we'll do something else, whatever. Oh.
1: So go on. Um, well, go ahead.
0: Well, you you brought up another thing uh, after the piano scenario.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: about other people's experience. Like I, I, like I, I. My expectation was that I would rather harness their spirit more than keep it contained. Is that what you were saying?
1: Not contained, but I'm saying I want them to flourish with this spirit, and uh-huh. they're gonna grow up, and you like kooky and. I want that to to grow. But does it serve them well ultimately? Like that's going back to the individual thing, individualism right. thing and then I, I I'm
0: Listen, I'm not the parent that's like, you know, sorry, you know, Elliot doesn't want to say sorry, so I'm not going to push her to do. It. No. Fucking say sorry. You hit her, even if it was an accident, I don't care if you don't want to say sorry. You say sorry. You know, like I do put I I do um I do put you know social expectations on them you know as far as like keeping the herd like I like to talk about you know humans are herd animals you know keep the herd happy don't be an asshole Um, and be considerate I'm very into like being considerate Um, always put your cart back in the cart corral I don't care if you're you know tired or you don't want to do it or it's far away like it's a pain in the ass for someone else so we always put it back if there is no car corral you take it back in the store because i don't know not leaving it out in the parking lot stuff like that i would never just be like well ellie doesn't want to take it inside so she doesn't have to because she's an individual no fuck that <laughs> fuck you no
1: and i know that about you i'm just for the sake of the show we're exploring sure. that um you know like anything else i think ultimately our conclusion on things is You got to find a balance. It gets repetitive with this show quite often when we talk about these things that, uh, you know, have to (laughs) find a balance. But it is pushed so hard that the individual is the most important thing. And you need to be unique and you need to find your path there. Everyone else be damned. No matter what kind of damage you leave in your wake, it doesn't matter. Because you are most important. You need to harness that. And, you know, I do think being an individual is important and you can figure out what makes you, you, there is a disregard seemingly quite often for how your presence affects other people, how your being can affect other people in any given situation or circumstance. You see it quite often. It's like, I want to blast my music. I don't care about anyone else who's around. Mm-hmm. It's like, where does that come from? And sometimes it could just be defiance, but I do think that is another thing that is that is set forth as just, that's a societal expectation, and a cultural expectation. And it's like, you be you, you do you, you are the individual and you find out what that means. And I think the fact that there's no line or there's no boundaries drawn to that also lessens its importance. You know, working within boundaries to actually get the thing that you want means that you put more work in. Otherwise, it's a weed that grows instead of a garden. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean?
0: I'm confused by your... I don't understand. Which part? (laughs) That it was a... I don't understand. What do you mean? The garden? I'm sorry. I feel bad for asking. I don't understand your logic.
1: I was saying that as an individual... If you're not if you're growing as the individual without boundaries and you don't give a shit about other people, because the most important thing in the world that's been told and taught to your whole life is harnessing that individual spirit and becoming the person that sets you apart from everyone else. That's like a weed. That's a weed growing. Hmm. It's that's weeds grow wild. And if you have boundaries, like you know, figure out who you are as a person, but also realize you're a part of a larger collective of people, of humans. And your actions do have impact on other people's existence. And that's something you should watch out for. So here are the boundaries. So figure out how to be the individual. uh, But these are the rules. And that's what a garden is. A garden is you set, you know, a plot of land and you have to tend to it. And there are things that you can't do or the garden dies. That's the difference that I'm...
0: People think that being an individual means that you are better... At something right than other people, which well, is everyone like that that makes you stand out well, when really getting into and th- those things may kind of be fake, you know, or there are so many other people trying to strive for that that are also doing sort of a fake thing. It's not actually being an individual anymore. Well, yeah, it's not authentic
1: be- anymore in the sense yeah. that people aren't even being true to themselves just to do something that sets them apart that is completely fabricated. Because Right,
0: because to do something that sets you apart is is an exercise in nothing because you already are set apart. You already are an individual. You may be a lot like a, a lot of other people, but you know, you are still an individual and finding out who you are as an individual, like you said, sets you up for more success because then you seek other people who actually make you happy instead of the expectation of certain people making you happy, and then you, you seek out work that makes you happy, which is ultimately success, even if the money or maybe for some fame doesn't come with that.
1: Yeah, I, I think what I'm saying with the expectation that is set forth, that normalcy being somewhat normal, being an individual in normal. Normal is no good. Normal means mm-hmm. you failed. The exceptionalism is the expectation that's set. You're not reaching that. What happened? You failed. You need to keep striving to do that, and it creates a society, uh, and you know, a certain. Not everyone's like it. I know. I kept. I keep. You know, putting that disclaimer on because I am. I'm speaking about a certain sect of people, but there are people who's like. I'll be damned. I don't care what it takes. I will screw other people over. I will stab them in the back. I will smash their faces with my foot to get where I need to go. And it's like, that is the the, the fact that that quite often is set forth as the desirable expectation to me is like wrong. Like, that is how, why? Why is that where you want people to go? And, you know, expectations as a whole. And this can tie back to how we first started with my thoughts about the parade. It's like, does it start there? I don't think having a parade for a small kid, you know, (laughs) but you know, it is laying some kind of foundations. Like you're going to get what you want. You're we'll get people to drive far out of their way to come for you. They're coming for you Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: that is how special you are. And then right. it's like why are people doing that for me later in life? And then if you can't deal with that, you've try to force people to do it in certain ways.
0: Yeah, or you're you're or you're always searching or trying to seek something that is not real because your parents sort of set you up for an unrealistic experience in your life
1: yeah i'm not trying to completely demonize the parade and again no i understand that
0: no there's a lot that goes into it the people who are doing said parade are not also being like whatever you want kid like you know it's it's still
1: a strange thing i think to do to expect other people and that's an expectation that's being put on other people
0: well it kind of turned into a thing for during covid for kids that that people you know, drive by your house and it doesn't have to be for kids. I guess it could be for anyone who's having a-
1: neighbors. Fine. But to drive. I don't know. Why couldn't it be? Maybe
0: most of these people are neighbors and we just live really far away.
1: Why couldn't it be an opportunity to say, you know what? You're not going to have the traditional birthday that you're used to having. Like what you did with Ellie. It's like, but you're going to be around people, your family, people who care about you. Mm-hmm. And there's gifts and there's a beautiful cake and you're going to have a nice time. And she yeah. had a nice time. And It wasn't yeah. the end of the world, we and took I took th- to a beach. Yeah, I think that's also showing that all right, you're not having this thing, and that's okay. That's that's the expectation. That's you know, that's fine. There's still good things out there that yeah. you're going to miss if you're so wrapped yeah. up in you're yourself. Not saying that if people are you're so doing self-absorbed, it wrong. who? I'm saying some people are doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm, I don't, I'm saying I think, anyone who's f- somehow trying to force a birthday party because come a little baby can't feel as the there's correct yeah the love is still there and things that a birthday should really represent and what you're celebrating is still there and i think it's an opportunity that you could take that someone could take to set some expectation about the way things really work and how it is okay how everything's Mm -hmm. still actually good this wasn't some huge loss now your life is ruined it's like look it was actually still very good, right? And people who go through life and missing out on a lot of good stuff because whatever they're looking for isn't real, or it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's made of cardboard. It's a cardboard cutout.
0: Yeah, it's a two D experience.
1: There, that's all I'm ultimately saying is that there are opportunities, and the expectation that should be set is, you know, there's good things out there. It's because things aren't going your way all the time. There's still good things. But I got to have my paper mache wagon. <laughs> it's not even what's happening. Fireworks going off. Uh-huh. Hope you have a noisemaker. Hope you Sky have one ringing. of those, those unfurling party favors.
0: You never know. Those are really a. Those ah. are really a gamble because you buy them and you never really know if they're going to make noise. Sometimes they just go like <sighs>
1: <sighs> <sighs> Are you? <laughs> that's true. A little plastic thing inside.
0: Sometimes it, like sometimes, but not always. You are, never know.
1: Are you uh, also expected to bring gifts? Hope not. Oh boy. Yeah, because to a kid a honk well, What
0: can you do? Throw a gift at them.
1: A honk isn't enough. I'll tell you that.
0: It's my yeah. present.
1: It's my I birthday. I was like, yeah, there's 365 days in a year, sometimes 366. There are 7.5 billion people on the planet. Do some rough math and see how many people have shared a birthday with you. See how special you really are.
0: Yeah. Do you want to tell that to a kid?
1: No, I do. I'd sit the kid down and do some math. Like, do you understand this number of people? You can't well, understand. When this
0: they're little, you can't do stuff like that. You can't. See, that's what I mean. You'll crush their little spirit. You
1: can't grasp this, can you? But it's like you didn't even do anything. The birthday should be. I know there's Mother's Day. But the birthday, should uh, everything should be a celebration of the mother. It's like, you went through awful pain so I could be mm. alive. Thank you. But it's like, you're here. Yay. Here's <laughs> a cake. Go to a restaurant on your birthday. Let's see how many people have the same birthday as you. You go to an <laughs> olive garden. You go to a Red Lobster. You go to a TGI Fridays. There's six other people in the restaurant the same day. Like, the cake comes out, and you think it's for you. You're like, <gasps> and then they go uh. to a different table. <laughs> Not that. This is just coincidence. The cake.
0: Like someone brings out a whole cake. Well, they bring the out the a slice
1: of a rupturing brownie or whatever the hell the thing is. Rupturing <laughs> Whatever they call it.
0: Molten lava. Yeah. Brownie cake
1: yeah. or something. Yeah, that thing.
0: All right. Thanks for listening to one topic. You're not special.
1: I was like, okay. <laughs> Just do. Come on, you can do the end. Just all right. Straight I- straightforward. Just get it out of the way.
0: Thanks for listening to One Topic. Like and subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. Uh, you can email us, I think, at one topic01 01 at gmail. Uh, find us on Instagram and Facebook, do all the things and uh, support our sponsor, hoffandpepper.com. Use uh, the code One Topic 15 for 15% off for some really good hot sauce. We love them. Thank you and go. Thanks. Bye.
1: See so you did it. Thanks. And the, it's okay.
0: The, I, I still was stumbly. You
1: no, know, it was fine once you got going. The time yeah. to be for being clever is during the show. You know, it doesn't have to have little quips at the end. You just give oh, us I know.
0: Out. Oh, yeah, I know.
1: I'm setting that expectation now. No one expects you to be really funny at the end. That's just getting us out of I know.
0: Itself. It's the same thing with your arms. It's some offsetting that I do where it's like, I'm asking you guys for things and I'm saying things that every other podcast says and I know I'm doing it, so I have to be weird.
1: You hack. You're not any different.
0: I know. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce?
1: You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts. A company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm-mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers, so I'd love to find a sauce with... I don't know, What, let's say no more than five ingredients? I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot.
0: Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients, zero fillers, additives or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hop Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee that's won best Louisiana-style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once. Not twice. Three
1: times. Three times! How
0: does that sound, Greg?
1: I think that sounds amazing.